Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders, the only baseball podcast that accurately predicted that Alec Thomas would hit a solo home run to cut the Brewers' lead to 2-1. Game. No, that, that we didn't get almost <laughs> any of it. We got like half of it right, but it's all good. I am Adam Weiner, alongside Fansides MLB Insider Robert Murray to talk about the Game 3. Is it now? Nope, it's, they're all over. The wild card round is done. And uh, Dud, probably not the right way to put it. It was fun. I enjoyed myself. The AL East got way thinner in the postseason picture, but uh, we got a gap now between uh, Thursday, Friday, no baseball, Saturday, the baseball comes back. And so Robert and I will talk today about the next steps for these teams that saw themselves eliminated maybe a little quicker from the postseason than they expected. What's up, Robert Murray? How you doing? I'm great, man. Good to finally be back. I appreciate everyone's patience while I was away. Uh, I had to take care of some stuff back at home, but uh, we're here now. Wild card round was about as fast as you could possibly imagine. Uh, Plenty of takeaways from that, but how about them Arizona Diamondbacks, by the way? Your Arizona Diamondbacks, Mr. Adam Weinrib. Unbelievable. Did not see that coming. I thought the Brewers were going to sweep them, and then they they were like, no, Robert, we're going to sweep the Brewers, and now they're about to go play the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, and what should be a very interesting series. There's going to be a lot of good series coming up in this next round. Um, And we're going to dive right into that, aren't we, Adam? Yes, we are. And guess who made money on the Diamondbacks all year, but then did not pick them to beat the Brewers or put money on it? Boom. Uh, My profiting days are over. But if yours aren't, if you want to take the next step this postseason and create an account with DraftKings, We've got a new promo for you from those fine folks over at DraftKings. They are the sponsor of today's episode. What up, baseball fans? See, they even sent you guys a nice message. DraftKings is running a postseason promotion that you will not want to miss. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is sign up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER. Using our code BASEBALLINSIDER, it is right there on the screen, not only get to these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code BASEBALLINSIDER, maximize your first bets, 
and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. There is nothing like a no sweat bet. Thanks to the folks at DraftKings for sponsoring this show. Uh, Also join the discord. If you aren't in it yet, chat with Robert and I between shows, get your questions out. We're going to be talking Padres a little bit later today in part because of some folks in the discord who were curious about how they could shed payroll this offseason. Apparently the first step is running it back with Bob Melvin. Strange. We'll talk about that later. Uh, But get in the discord. If you aren't just become a YouTube member, the link is right there. And uh, you'll be able to chat with us between shows and ask us questions. We're going to be going series by series today, of course, focusing on next steps because uh, this is the Baseball Insiders. The offseason is approaching and it's fast approaching for a couple teams. We got some future player movement pieces to talk about. I think before we get into the playoffs, though, very quickly, Pete Alonso got Scott Boris this morning. And I feel like uh, Justin, who... Uh, is all over the Boris clients. Uh, and we're glad he's here in the comments today because we got another one. Uh, David Stearns is pretty clear that he views Pete as important in the Mets clubhouse. Maybe put the kibosh on some of those trade rumors. But Scott Boris doesn't let extensions before free agency happen very often. So it does make you wonder, Pete's intentions have now been declared. The Mets' intentions have been declared. Any more likely he gets dealt, less likely. I mean, what's the forecast for Alonzo's next year? Yeah, I don't necessarily know if it makes a trade more likely, um, but what I can say is that it makes an in-season or an off-season extension almost impossible because Scott Boris is known throughout baseball as um, the guy who likes his players to establish their their value on the open market, and I can't see him deviating from that. Uh, Alonzo has made it clear that he wants to stay in New York, um, like the Mets have made it clear that they want to keep um, that they want to keep him, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that this off season. And he may very well enter next year um, with as like a, um, with only one year left on his contract. And it's going to be a big season for him because if he ends up balling out, we're looking at a very, very, very hefty contract, but I don't think the Mets are going to be in any hurry to move Alonzo. Um, I think he's here. To, I think he's going to stay for this next year. But after that, especially with Boris as his agent now, it's pretty uncertain. We'll be talking Mets a little bit later too when we talk Brewers, of course, because you can't talk about one org without the other these days. The questions are coming in fast and loose. We will certainly address those as well. So we appreciate everybody sticking with us. Let's go team by team and series by series, though, at least to start. And let's do the raise before, obviously, a burner gets here. Maybe. I feel bad if he's still licking his wounds. Two-game sweep in Tampa, the Texas Rangers, with two former Yankees on the mound in Nathan Evaldi and Jordan Montgomery held the raise to just one run. The other AL East teams that have been eliminated from the postseason already scored two combined runs across four games, and we'll get to both of them first. But this was a confusing raise season that started – as hot as possible with a 13 game winning streak and ended with under hundred wins and another first round exit at home. So what does this off season look like for the Rays? What do they have to address? And did this series tell you more about the eliminated Rays or the Rangers and that impressive starting pitching? 
You know, it's, it's a good question. And I think for me, it says more about the state of the Rangers than it does the Rays. And to start with the Rays, they were obviously missing Wander Franco. They were missing Shane McClanahan. Um, and they were like, they were, they were beat up, but that is no excuse because at this point of the year, a lot of these teams are, are banged up and you know, look at the Rangers. They were about Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom who are arguably two of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, can even take out the word arguably in that, uh, cause they are. And, um, the Rays, like their offense that was so electric was relatively quiet and, that was a big issue uh, in this series. And now they're going to end up entering an off season where they got to figure out what exactly is the future like for Wander Franco. Cause nobody at this point knows it's just, it's all up in the air um, as the investigation continues. Um, what is Shane McClanahan's status? Um, what I think probably their most pressing need probably at catcher right now. And I think that's going to be something that they should address I think center field could make some sense for them as well uh, in trying to address that. And they're always going to end up looking for pitching. Um, you mean you, you look at like, they're always going to look for pitching. I'll, I'll tell you that Zach Eflin signing in the off season, I was critical of it at the time. Looks pretty good. Um, so I think that's going to end up being the thing for them, but the Rangers, they are the team. They are a very scary opponent here. And their pitching looks really good. Uh, obviously, you have Jordan Montgomery um, and uh, Nathan Eovaldi, both very good pitchers. You have an offense that's very good. Evan Carter, uh, extremely exciting. That series against uh, the Baltimore Orioles is going to be awesome. It is, If it's not the best series, it's at least the second best series because I think Phillies Braves is going to be electric. Um, but man, the Rangers, they look very good. And if there's ever a team that can upset the Orioles, the number one seed in the American League, I think it's them. Yeah, Fangraphs has the Orioles as the least likely World Series champion of the final eight teams. They give him just a 5.4% chance to win it all. The Braves massively favored still. I believe it's 27.9. But that was telling because... All, you would think sort of at this point that the four by teams would be lined up in some order, one, two, three, four, but it's Braves, Astros, and of course they got the bye, by the way. Uh, you weren't here to yell at that Doomer Astros fan who was here two episodes ago when he was like, you guys don't know what you're talking about if you thought this team was going to skate into the postseason. Buddy, they got a, they got the two seed in the bye. I don't know what to tell you. You got to trust your team. Um, but I, I love our fans. Um <laughs> That guy's also great. Yeah, whatever. Um, but they're, you know, they're the second seed uh, and they're the second most likely champion. Dodgers third. Fangraph says the Phillies are in fourth and knock the Orioles all the way back in a last place spot. Not a lot of faith in them, according to the number crunching. And the Rangers are coming in with momentum. They dispatched of the Rays fairly easily. Uh, but the Rays have not won a playoff series in quite a while. Um, other than one game wild card wins, they have not won a full series in the postseason since their 2008 World Series run. And Crazy. put them right up alongside the Blue Jays in that regard, who great, talented young team. Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette have lived up to the hype. They certainly invested in pitching and invested in the right pitching. They have not won an AL East title with this regime. They have not mm -hmm. won a playoff game with this regime. And they go to Minnesota and get two games swept by a team that had not won a playoff series since 2002. Wow. I picked the Twins 
because I didn't think the Blue Jays were ready to shake off that recent history of failure. And the Twins looked fantastic. Uh, the Twins pitching was great. Clutch hitting. Correa made winning plays. But the Blue Jays, for me, are the story here because they did it again. They did not hit, which we said all season long. Are you really that confident in your off in your offense? You get rid of Teoscar and Guriel and trade Moreno. And you're going all in on defense, and and then when push came to shove, they pitched. They didn't hit. Although Gossman got tattooed a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you got to wonder if they end up regretting those moves because uh, I like I, at the at the time I understood the logic in acquiring Dalton Varshaw. Like it looked like he was getting up being one of baseball's next young stars. And instead, um, didn't necessarily work out that way. And then you have Gabriel Marino break out. He, he looks like the catcher of the future in Arizona. Looked really good in that series against Milwaukee. Uh, you have Guriel, who looks very good, too. Uh, put up good numbers in the regular season. Uh, it's it's t- And then Teoscar Hernandez. I know he struggled a good amount in the first half of the season. But in the second half of the season, he really he put it like he was definitely showing some flashes. And... You you have to wonder if the Blue Jays regret that, but obviously you can't take back those moves now. And what you have to look at now is the uncertain future of what that Blue Jays team looks like. And obviously there's plenty of free agents on that roster. You're going to have Whit Merrifield. You're going to have Brandon Belt. Um, you're going to have Hinjin Ryu. Actually, I have a full list right here. Uh, you have – where is it? Uh, oh, yeah, you got Matt Chapman as well, Jordan Hicks. And it's Kevin Kiermeyer. I mean, it's it's a good list. It's there's a lot of good players on that list. But I think if you got to, if you're going to look at the Blue Jays and what they're going to need to address this offseason, I think the first thing they got to ask is, what do you do at manager? What happened last night in taking the starting pitcher out who was cruising early into the game and then going to Kikuchi, um, who allowed two runs, which is which was the difference in the game. And you have players afterwards questioning the decision and they didn't know what was going on. Even Jose Barrios did not necessarily know how to like add it up. And I think that's something that the organization is going to have to ask themselves. And that's a really difficult question because they entered the season with really high expectations. They were really inconsistent uh, throughout the entire regular season. And then the postseason came and they essentially crapped the bed and I don't know what they're going to do, um, but I, I genuinely think that they need to consider moving on from their manager. And you got to think if they do, there's going to be plenty of people who are interested because that's one of the more attractive jobs in baseball. And it was so recently that they ran Charlie Montoyo out of town to make this change to Schneider. Whit Merrifield pulled no punches last night. They asked him about what he thought about the Blue Jays taking Barrios out early. He said, I hated it, frankly. It's not what cost us the game, but it's the kind of baseball decisions that are taking away from managers and baseball at this stage of the game. Does make you wonder whose plan that was, if that's another shot at the front office saying he took the power out of Schneider's hands. But Mm -hmm. that being said, that's a move you can't make for so many reasons. If If you prefer the matchup slightly with Kikuchi, you have to let the hot hand ride. But even if you don't want to, even if you're tempted to make it a jittery, way too early pitching move, you lost game one, guys. If you win that second game, 
you have to play game three and you can't enter that with a short bullpen because you took a cruising starter out at 47 pitches. Like I don't even want to hear the counter to this one. No, me neither. Like it, to me in the moment watching that, that made zero sense. And I've seen some weird stuff happen in postseason games. I remember when I was with the, uh, when I was covering the Brewers uh, who were in the National League Championship Series against the Dodgers, where they had Wade Miley out there for one batter, <laughs> one batter, and then they brought Brandon Woodruff in. Thought that was the weirdest thing I'd seen in a postseason game. Honestly, like there was the logic was absolutely sound there with Craig Council and what he did. But this had absolutely it made no sense. It made no sense in the moment. You could see the writing on the wall what was going to happen, and lo and behold, it it cost him. But like there were a lot of different things for the Blue Jays that led to that moment. Um, but that was just. That was just a real head head scratcher, and I could go with a lot stronger of a term there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, we we dogged the Rays first. I think just because mentally I was like, well, they were the first team eliminated, so let's go get after them. I thought the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays offensive performance was just as poor. They were on the road, uh, but managerial performance, quite poor. Gossman's start, not good. Uh, the plan did not work. And, and this was, and, and Vlad Jr. at second base, getting picked off to end a rally on a timing play. Brutal. Brutal. Worse than anything that happened in any other series. Yeah, because that, that was another one. There were so many different moments like throughout the regular season that just made you scratch your head with the Blue Jays. But that pitching or the uh, the pitching change after the third inning, um, head scratcher. But that Vlad Jr. where he got picked off because there was, what, runners on second and third. And that was like – that was a key moment in the game. And you get picked off at second base. Like, what the hell? I mean, that's 
Canyon Swartz, he says he's got every one of his predictions wrong. Uh, I'm telling you, there's probably there's there cannot be many people who got every game right or every series right because that is, yeah, that was just that was pretty crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, Canyon, you sound like you're quoting our preseason predictions episode. Um, oh, we God, also awesome. we also got them all wrong. But this, I got two of these series right. This one was a I can't believe I got this one correct, but I just had a feeling that the Blue Jays were still a little bit too big for their britches and too confident for what they'd accomplished. And Minnesota, you can't lose playoff series forever. Finally got the Yankees out of their way. Ethan Fisher is right. Bichette was at the plate, full count. The runners had freshly moved over on a wild pitch. So, like, if the crowd was nervous with first and second two outs, then they were certainly nervous with second and third and the Jays' hottest hitter at the plate. Full count pitch, had just lined one foul. And shout out to Carlos Correa's baseball instincts, which came to play on that pickoff play. Knew the Jays' runners could not hear the third base coach because of the crowd shout out to Carlos Correa on the amazing play, getting Bichette at the plate on that roller in game one, two, he was the big winner of this series, but that moment crystallized the whole thing. And even though it was still a two, nothing game, you kind of knew unless you were the most pessimistic blue Jays hater in the world, who was anxious for whatever reason that they were not going to come back and win that game. Oh yeah. Like right then and there, the game just like after Vlad Jr. got picked off, it kind of felt like it was over. And what a disappointing end uh, to a very disappointing season. And let me tell you, man, that uh, that that organization has some serious questions to ask themselves. And the first one, as I said, is going to be asking themselves what to do with the manager. After that, a, a roster full of questions, a roster full of pending free agents. Um, yeah, we're going to be a fascinating team to watch. That is for certain. And, of course, Vlad Jr. gets picked off in sort of a season-deflating play. And what does he do immediately? Points at the dugout and asks them to challenge for, like, three minutes while lying on the ground. Um, no, you you are out. Yeah, that's bad. Real bad. That's bad. That's, that's all I can really say It's bad. We'll let the sleeping Blue Jays lie and move on to the National League because the Brewers, I think, were probably the most shocking upset out of the first round. I don't know if everybody agrees. And, and the last-minute Brandon Woodruff injury certainly changed the calculus. But I still thought the Brewers – Woodruff got – the injury was announced during our last show. So I went off about how I thought the Brewers were the most likely World Series participant in the wild card round. Not correct. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I still, though, thought they would advance past the Diamondbacks. I didn't like Zach Gallen having to be used in game two. I did not like that game one with Brandon fought. Uh, and, but then once the Diamondbacks fought through that one, you kind of started to smell it. Um, they will be moving on to face the Dodgers. It's the fourth straight year. The Dodgers will face an NL West opponent in the postseason. Crazy. We'll see how that works out beginning this weekend, but let's go Brewers first because, as the comment section has raged, Corbin Burns arbitration hearing did not go fantastically last year. A lot of blame was pinned on his shoulders. He is now still Milwaukee property. He might be. Um, it's a huge question for any franchise, and he might not even be the most pertinent question in Milwaukee, a team that might be losing their beloved and decorated manager shortly. So you think a lot's up for grabs for the Blue Jays. The whole direction of this franchise is teetering. Yeah, this I, I hesitate to say it like this, but you, you it kind of feels that way. It feels like this was the Brewers' last bite at the apple uh, with this core group that they that they have, and they had one of the best young homegrown like um, 
cores in, in baseball. You have, um, well, I, I shouldn't say homegrown. That's, that's not accurate, but you have Corbin Burns, you have Brandon Woodruff, you had Josh Hader, Devin Williams, Christian Yelich, Willie Adamas. Um, entering the season, that looked like a really strong core. And that's been a big part of the foundation for quite a while. And this season they had the feel, if their offense held up as a team that could make a deep postseason run, I even picked them to beat the Dodgers. That looks, well, that obviously was way off. Um, and for a small market team, they are going to have to ask themselves a lot of different questions, especially when it comes to Corbin Burns and when it comes to Willie Adamas, uh, both who are going to be free agents after the 2024 season. And I, I don't know if the Brewers look to move them in the offseason. I think it's something that they're going to have to be open to, uh, especially since Burns is one of the best pitchers in baseball. You could get a full haul for him or a pretty good haul for him. Uh, considering he's got a full season left under contract. Adamas is coming off of a disappointing season, so the return there is probably limited. Um, but that being said, there are plenty of big market teams who have needs for a starting pitcher, especially, especially an elite one. Um, and there are plenty of teams that have a need for a shortstop. And two of those teams that just so happen to um, fit that bill would be the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves. And I know as a fact that last offseason, the Dodgers and Braves called the Brewers about Adamas. And I'm wondering, is it possible that they could package them together? I don't know, but stranger things have happened. And the Brewers, if they package both of them together, they could get a haul that ends up guiding their next five years. It's going to upset a lot of people in that fan base because they just experienced it with Josh Hader and they're probably going to have to experience it again with both Burns and Adamas. Cause I got to imagine both of them are probably priced out of Milwaukee's budget uh, Burns more so than Adamas. But if you can get a pretty sizable haul for those two in return, which odds are you can, I think the Brewers have to consider it. And I ultimately think they will. I just don't know if it's going to be in the offseason or if it's going to end up being in the regular season at the trade deadline. But but their most pressing question as of right now is the status of Craig Council. And I have talked to plenty of different people in baseball who believe that he will probably not return to Milwaukee. That is not like official. That is not like. Um, like we don't know exactly what is going to happen, but there's a lot of different people who expect council to not return. And that is going to lead to a lot of different questions. Who could the brewers replace council with? Um, there's plenty of different candidates. Obviously an in-house one will be Pat Murphy. I don't know if they would, I don't know if they would do that. The name that I am, I'm watching in Milwaukee is Steven vote. Um, I think that is a name who makes a whole lot of sense. And I remember when I was on the Brewers beat, um, there were people who even joked, like in the Brewers organization, that vote would eventually replace Craig Council. And I wonder if it could end up being this year. Um, I think he's a name that makes a whole lot of sense, and that is a name to watch. As for Craig Council, I don't necessarily know what his status holds, but I did have someone close to Council tell me this. If David Stearns and Steve Cohen come to him and offer him a five-year deal for like 25 to 30 million bucks. How, do, how does he turn that down? 
I don't know. Uh, he was not willing to talk about his future last night, but it's something that he's going to have to address rather shortly. And I guess we're going to end up seeing what happens there, but um, th- that is a fascinating one. And if he does enter the free agent market, he would be easily the best manager available. Um, and I got to imagine Cohen and Stearns um, would, would be calling his line rather quickly. This is my favorite episode of this show since the trade deadline. I have so much information in my head that it has filled my skull and is leaking out of my ear. I just short-circuited like Vlad Jr. at second base because of information overflow. But (laughs) I love, love, love the Stephen Vogt fit. And I actually saw a tweet this morning that theorized it started so innocently. It was like a lot of Mariners coaches should be seriously considered for openings this year like Manny Acta, and I was just reading it like I read every tweet, like, that's eh, a 6 out of 10 tweet. And then it mentioned Stephen Vogt, and I realized he was even on the Mariners staff and that he was old enough to manage and that he was a potential, you know, applicant, qualified applicant for some of these open jobs. And I was immediately so happy I read the tweet, enlightened, and I'm so glad that you mentioned him now because that's an amazing fit. And uh, Eric Kratz, bench coach, who says no? I don't know. Dude, wouldn't that be wild? I'll tell you, Kratzy, that, that is a good human being right there. He, he, to me, he should be a manager. Um, I don't know when, but I think he should. But I, there's, there's also this. I, <laughs> I know we're going to get into the Bob Melvin question later on. Um, but there's, there's a comment here from Will Holder who says, until we hear from Bob Melvin, I am not convinced at all that he's coming back. I'm going to keep this answer very short and sweet. I am in the same boat. I'm something doesn't pass the smell test. I don't know what it is, but I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced at all. Yeah. That's like, if that's such a funny, cause we had to talk about it. You had to talk about Bob Melvin, but nothing about it made sense. It, my dad is not a Padres fan, but he reached out this morning and go, didn't expect Bob Melvin to come back. I go, what the, why are you 8 a.m. Yeah, on your mind? But yeah, that was I was I was floored when when it was in, like revealed that from Preller that he was coming back because I for weeks I had heard that the most likely scenario was that Melvin would probably not return. And all of a sudden Preller announces that he's coming back and that ownership is is going to run it back. Like obviously A.J. Preller's word is as good as gold. Um, like he he's got no reason to lie, especially when it comes to something like that. But I don't know. Something just something doesn't doesn't I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. Um, I guess I guess we'll see. I have texts out right now, um, so we'll, we'll see what I get back. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's what's called a developing situation in this neck of the woods. And uh, yeah, watch the show on Monday. Join the Discord and become a member of the YouTube channel. Perhaps you will find out first, but we will certainly chase this story. Uh, good instinct there. Will Holder. I I hate to uh, discount the Marlins. I I hate to just sort of run past the Marlins, but like, I don't know. What do the eliminated Marlins have to change? Like, they put together a pretty good roster. I have faith that they could do it again. Uh, The Philadelphia Phillies are a buzzsaw. Jeff Passan tweeted in like the sixth inning yesterday, Braves Phillies will be fantastic. He was right. Uh, (laughs) Everyone in America is excited for that series or should be. Kudos to the Marlins, Josh Bell, Jake Berger, best midseason offensive pickups anybody made. I just kind of feel like, uh, what do they have to change? Uh, they got to hope Sandy Alcantara is healthy. They got to keep their pitching. They got to make more shrewd moves like that. And then their ceiling is what we just saw. I don't know. 
Yeah. Uh, for them, like I give them credit for even getting to this point because coming into the year, I, I did not have that on my radar whatsoever. I, I did not. Because if you think about the Miami Marlins, it's basically kind of feel like an afterthought. If I feel like that might be a little harsh, but um, Kim Eng has done a wonderful job uh, getting that roster back into the postseason contention. Skip Schumacher, uh, very good job there uh, as their manager. So they have the they have the right people in place. And I think if you're looking at that roster, you need to make sure the pitching is up to par. Um, especially with Alcantara's like his 2024 season, like what that kind of outlook is like is uncertain. Um, obviously they signed Johnny Cueto um, after um, trading Pablo Lopez and that clearly did not work out. Uh, he had an ERA of what I believe it was over six and that signing just did not work from the get go. And um, I, I think pitching is going to end up being probably their most pressing need. They have an infield log jam that could surely used. Uh, maybe they end up moving somebody to address a different part of the roster because they obviously did that with Pablo Lopez last year. Um, and then you have the Josh Josh Bell equation. What exactly that option? What he's going to do with the player option? Because um, I mean, when they acquired him, it looked like it was a um, a sure thing that he would probably accept it. But now, after what he ended up doing in the second half, I mean, I think it's more up in the air than it was. Um, plenty of questions there, but like they're, they're trending the right direction. And I think Kim Ang deserves a lot of credit for getting them to this point. Um, cause that was, that was a tough job when she, uh, when she took over, but she's done a relatively good job and I give her credit. Do you, uh, do you know anything more than we do about her contract situation? Cause I see Jason Parker wondering if she's a Red Sox fit. I've seen speculation that they weren't going to deal with that until after the season ended. I mean, I do. I agree with Jason as well. It would be hard to imagine her not coming back to Miami, but is that at least somewhat up in the air for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I honestly haven't heard. Um, so I, I would be lying if I said I had any answers there, but from what I gather, I think she probably stays. Um, and I, I think um, some of the recent front office additions would probably indicate that it was, it's trending in that direction because they added, um, what is it? Ozzo Campo uh, from the Houston Astros. Like yeah. That was a, a monster move, um, a monster addition. If they're adding him, um, I, I think all signs point to her staying in, in Miami. Well, that's it for that past wild card round. Rob Manford tried to extend the postseason, and he did it by like a day. So congrats. Uh, maybe next year it won't all be sweeps. Before we go, got a couple rapid fire uh, firings to address potential replacements, people who've uh, left their position since the last time that we spoke, and some comments addressing recent vacancies as well so i want to make sure that we get at least a quick assessment of all of these uh first and foremost just those red Sox. Uh, i know they're going to be interviewing candidates next week I-, I believe i saw in the comments reiterating that too um so my question is who will be the red Sox gm who signs shohei otani because we know they're getting him so who's who's gonna sign him yeah, I'll tell you the uh, wait. Sorry, I I got a text. Um, <laughs> I snuck that one right past you. I said I guarantee the Red Sox get Otani, um, and you uh, smiled and nodded. So unfortunately, that's reality now. Yeah, that that, that is not reality. That is not reality. But I'll, I'll tell you, um, Otani. Well, that Otani guy, his market's gonna be pretty interesting in the offseason, isn't it? Now, good, good baseball player. Yeah, pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, good hitter, good a good pitcher too when he's when he's healthy. So. Um, but yeah, wait, hang on. What, who am I supposed to? Are we talking about Kapler or what are we? 
No, no. So I was going to do the uh, Red Sox front office candidates first because we had a comment asking about potential interviews. Yeah, honestly, like the guys that I thought would be in it would be fits there in in Boston were Mike Hazen, uh, Amiel Sade, and some of the guys with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And not only did the Diamondbacks extend Hazen, but I am under the impression, too, that they extended Sade. So that would seem to rule out both of those guys. Um, other than that, I honestly have not heard much about the search. It's been relatively quiet. I think that's what they ended up wanting. Um, but they got to get this hire right. And I wonder exactly, like, obviously the Boston Red Sox, that is a big-time job opening. And leading that franchise, considering its history, is, um, like, it's an attractive job. But they're going to probably have payroll restrictions. Um, they have, uh, they kept some of their front office people in like high ranking roles. So like the front, like the new president of baseball operations or whoever leads their front office is not going to have all of their people in there. And there's going to be other voices. And I wonder how attractive that is. Um, and there's other different factors too. Um, that makes me wonder exactly like what exact, what kind of candidate they're going to be able to attract, but I have not heard of any names, but, um, for, but for as attractive as that job is, there's certainly some red flags. Uh, but there will be fewer when they sign Shohei Otani, which they are guaranteed to do. So we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I can only uh, make connections there. Who knows? New Balance ain't moving. New Balance stays in Boston. Um, I had the uh, I had a commercial stuck in my head. I had a song stuck in my head for like two weeks, and then I realized it was the Otani New Balance commercial, and I got so mad at myself. I was like, a commercial got in my head. For that long, I was just walking around the apartment going, there we go together. And I was like, God, that's, <laughs> that's a literal commercial. Like you are marketing works. So who knows? It does. Um, let's do uh, Let's do managerial vacancies real quick, too, before we hop off. Gabe Kapler fired, which I think surprised both of us. Uh, Farhan's IED is still uh, in place, but contract has not yet been extended. So 2024 feels like a large year uh, for him. Uh, yeah, I, I, for one, didn't see Kapler coming and I certainly didn't see it coming with three days left in the regular season, but I don't know if you're eyeing any names there. No, I'll tell you, Kai Correa, he's, he did a good job. Um, like there's a lot of player support for him, uh, within that organization. I wonder if that's going to end up getting him an interview. Another one that I had heard that has organizational support is actually their farm director, Kyle Haynes. I saw, John Heyman mentioned him the other day, and that is, I think that is correct. I don't know if he's getting an interview, um, but I have absolutely heard this player support for Haynes and the organization. I thought, to me, the best fit for that job was going to be Bob Melvin. Uh, he's got ties to Farhan Zaidi, um, and I thought he's going to end up being a, a free agent. Uh, I thought the Potters were going to let him go and he'd be able to go wherever, um, but it, it did not obviously work that way. Um, and well, I guess we'll still TBD on exactly what's going to happen with Melvin. Um, but the, the Giants, this is a very, very, very important hire for that organization. And if you look at it, the probably owner, ownership is very likely going to be involved in this thing because this is a massive hire. And it makes you wonder if they can end up trying to go for like a, uh, a flashier kind of hire or PR, like one that's going to win PR. I don't necessarily know who that could be because the list of candidates as of right now, not too inspiring. Um, 
Although if Craig Council is a free agent, then all bets are off. But I have not heard any Council Giants smoke at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be probably a PR uh, hire or not. I shouldn't say PR, um, but I think it's going to they're going to try for a flashy hire um, and one who's going to be able to try to recruit players to San Francisco. And you got to imagine they have Shoya Otani on their minds because uh, they missed on a star last year when they pursued Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa. And I can't imagine they're going to let Shohei Otani sign elsewhere without giving it their best shot. Well, if they do promote Correa, I expect the introductory press conference will be canceled morning of, and then he'll end up managing the Minnesota Twins somehow. Uh, so we'll, uh, yeah. We'll Can see. you imagine? Jesus. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. I hope Kai like Correa has stable ankles. That's all I have. I don't know anything about his physicality, but I hope he's recently gotten those examined. Good dude. Uh, he, he looks like he'd be he'd be nimble on his feet. So who knows? But yeah, looks like a good dude. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Phil Nevin was uh, was somewhat officially let go by the Angels. Uh, real quick, just I, I've, internet smoke is strange. I've seen Mike Puma, uh, you know, say that Buck Showalter is aggressively pursuing that job. So we're definitely in a kooky corner of the universe when it comes to the Angels managerial gig. Uh, but do we have any idea what kind of player they're targeting in? I think this offseason could be correctly labeled a transition offseason for them. It is. It's a big time transition offseason. I saw the same Mike Puma report and I haven't heard anything there. Um, but I do think with the state of that organization and they're transitioning um, after going all in this year and, and failing miserably, um, they're keeping Perry Manassian there as their GM. I, uh, my gut tells me a strong candidate there is going to be Ray Montgomery, uh, their bench coach. I thought when they ended up moving him to their bench coach role out of the front office that he was going to end up being a manager and waiting. Um, heard nothing but great things about him for years um, when he was with the Brewers, um, when he was with the Diamondbacks, and now with the Angels. Like He's somebody who is highly respected in our organization, and I think he is going to be someone who garners quite a bit of a attention there. Um, but as far as other names, I haven't heard Buck show Walter, but if he's showing interest, I think the, the angels at least have to interview him. Um, and I haven't heard of any other names, but I think those are two probably to watch there. Well, we'll keep watching all off season long, but we've got more postseason action on the horizon. Robert, again, powerhouse show powerhouse return from you information, super highway. Um, we're going to have a lot to talk to you about on Monday too. We're going to learn more about, uh, a couple of, uh, big playoff behemoths and their fate. Can the Dodgers hold serve against the upstart diamondbacks? Will the Braves be as impressive as they look during the regular season? Or is it another red October in Philadelphia? So much great action on the horizon, even if the wildcard series were just kind of okay. And, uh, we appreciate everybody joining us to wrap these up, give these teams, a little insight on next directions for eliminated squads. Uh, we're going to have a special guest on Monday too, I believe. So, or and not Monday, actually. I I believed wrong. The show is Tuesday. Monday's a holiday. Enjoy it with uh, your family and friends, and then uh, we'll see you on Tuesday with a special guest and some playoff results. Robert, this was uh, fantastic. Yeah, this was a great show. See everybody Tuesday. We'll, we'll also, I just want to say thank you very much for all the active comment section as well. This was yeah. a very active comment section. Appreciate you all. I also appreciate all the notifications I'm getting from people who are aggregating the podcast. Um, so that is, 
that is that is always great because uh, I look down and my phone keeps lighting up with Twitter no- or X notifications of people setting my different stuff. So uh, to all you aggregators out there, I appreciate you too. Um, just make sure you quote me properly. That's all I ask. I don't ask for much, but I, I ask for that, please. Um, but Adam, always a pleasure. Joanne, who's producing this podcast, uh, does a lovely job. We appreciate you. All the commenters appreciate you. Adam, we'll see you Tuesday. We'll see you Tuesday. Has anybody aggregated me saying that uh, Otani to Boston yet? Because if you if you guys haven't, get get on it. I'll aggregate me too. <laughs> oh, boy, I'll tell you, if you break that news, Adam, I will legitimately, I will, well, I was going to say I'll, I'll eat this microphone, but I'll, I'll eat this. Yeah, it's, I mean, that probably, wouldn't, that probably wouldn't digest very well. But if you break you the Otani. You heard it here first, folks. Robert's going to eat some sort of small nub from his computer equipment. <laughs> well, this podcast is going off. Don't so aggregate that. Don't aggregate that. You, if you didn't see the video, you know what I was talking about. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I got no comments. I got. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me off. Get me out of here. Uh, join yeah. the Discord if you haven't. Subscribe to the show if you haven't. We're here every Monday, Thursday, typically three thirty Eastern. Next week, the holiday Monday. Of course, we'll be right back at it on Tuesday. Oh man, hell of a show. Thanks to producer Joanne. Thanks to Robert. Thanks to the commenters, uh, a healthy squad today. Uh, like Robert said, uh, you guys are the lifeblood of the show. Wouldn't have it without you. And uh, this was a great one, and I expect Tuesday is going to be more of the same. Oh, absolutely. Nothing but the best from this pod. We got to love it, baby. <laughs> Take care, everybody. We'll see you on Tuesday. We appreciate you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.